Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Momenta on the Main Line. We're your hosts. I'm Dr. Joanna Holleran. And I'm Dr. Alon Green. We're here to talk about all things health, wellness, fitness, performance, and overall well-being. Hope you enjoy the show. Restore Physical Therapy and Pelvic Health located in Manion, Philadelphia. She attended Slippery Rock University in Pennsylvania, where she obtained her bachelor's in science and exercise science and her doctorate in physical therapy. Starting her career in the sports and orthopedic realm of physical therapy, she established a strong foundation of understanding for functional movement and the intricacies that come along with it. While seeking treatment for her own struggle with pelvic pain, sciatica, and incontinence, She stumbled upon the specialty of pelvic floor physical therapy and quickly developed an appreciation for the practice. Since she has since pursued further education in pelvic health and developed her practice with this emphasis on the specialty through her practice, she has become, or she's come to recognize and understand the importance of uh, pelvic health and the benefits of therapy, particularly for pregnant and postpartum women. Her mission is to bridge the gap of lacking obstetrics, physical therapy care, and to advocate for the normalization of pelvic health education in her community. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today, Dr. Victoria Clement. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So I touched a little bit um, on kind of you, but can you give us a little bit more information as to how you got into physical therapy and like really fell into the specialty of pelvic floor therapy? Sure. Um, growing up, I was in a lot of sports. I got hurt a lot in those sports. So I found myself in physical therapy, whether it was like a, a knee problem or like a back issue, um, kind of fell in love with it. Like the way things worked. I always knew I wanted to help people in some way, like in the medical field. So, um, wasn't very interested in long hours of being a doctor or, uh, like a medical doctor or like, um, being a nurse and dealing with all those kinds of things. So I've like physical therapy seems pretty cool. So, um, I did my senior project in high school in a physical therapy like a rehab hospital and Mm -hmm. saw all these amazing people and the progress they made. And I'm like, I'm sold. I'm going to slippery rock, getting an exercise science degree and going for physical therapy. Um, and then, like you said, I, I started off working in that orthopedic kind of scene, um, like post-op injury, post-ops injuries, um, those kinds of things anywhere in the body. But then where I really fell into public health is I developed my own problems. So I'm like in my twenties having the sciatic pain, this incontinence, this like difficulty with inserting tampons and that kind of thing. And I'm like, this isn't right. Like, and nobody could figure out what was going on. Like I landed in the hospital Mm. with severe pelvic pain 
And I'm like, this is my appendix. Oh no, like I, I'm gonna have to get my appendix out. And they're like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm like, you've gotta be kidding. Yeah. So um, I was talking to my friend who's a physical therapist and she's like, you should try pelvic floor PT. I'm like, okay, I'm not opposed to that. Like we didn't learn a whole lot in my program. Um, maybe like a day or two about pelvic floor PT, mm-hmm. but then the rest was just like, um, you have to learn it on your own. So I made my appointment for PT and realized that it's very much needed in the community. Like my wait time for an evaluation was six weeks. Wow. And then while I was waiting to get into my appointment, I looked into the, the specialty a little bit more. I actually signed up for a course So I took the course, fell in love with what I learned there, went to the pelvic PT, and she helped me clear up like 85% of my symptoms. Like it was like life-changing for me. Like this, I want to help other people get this relief too. And if they're anything, if their experience was anything like mine, like it's hard, you go through like three or four or five different people to get who you need to get to. And when really there's physical therapists and occupational therapists out there that can help you with these things. Yeah. So you were in school when you first saw the pelvic floor PT, like you were studying. Oh, okay. I was actually two years, two and a half years into my career when I first, yeah. Okay. I heard about it in school, like two days in class, but it was just kind of glossed over, not a huge huge time spent on it yeah I wonder why that is that they don't emphasize it a little bit more I don't know and I think the tides are turning that way absolutely yeah I know there's so many um education uh institutes that do stuff like that where they just like don't spend a lot of time focusing on one realm but then you come to find that it's just such an expansive topic that nobody's talking about um, but before a lot of the time too, like PT school prepares you to take the board exam. Mm-hmm. So like the board exam doesn't ask a lot about pelvic floor either. So like they're trying to prioritize the information sometimes. Mm-hmm. It'll take a while for boards to catch up though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go any further, just for people who might be a little bit confused, can you define what pelvic health is? because I feel like it's yeah. such like a buzzword right now. And like we said, it's kind of like really trending upward as far as like people seeking the services and becoming more aware. Um, but I love to kind of define it a little bit more and um, expand upon, you know, expand upon it beyond a Kegel. Cause I feel like that's what everyone associates it with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you think about your pelvis in the middle of the body, you have these, muscles that sit in there like a bowl and they contract relax just like any other muscle on your body but um what you need to realize with the pelvic health is that the pelvic pelvis is related to the things around it so your hips your lumbar spine even the thoracic spine even down into the feet like your positioning of your legs and your feet can affect where your pelvis is and if it's tight if it's rotated Um, your spine, how you're sitting in your chair or doing a functional lift, like a squat or deadlift, those positions and the pressures going through your body have an impact on those bowl of that bowl of muscles in your pelvis. Mm -hmm. 
So there's a lot to it. Like, obviously the Kegel that everybody knows. So like Mm -hmm. thinking about squeezing, you might hear it as squeezing, but like I say, like contracting gently and pulling upward, you think of that Kegel, but then your hips need to be strong around that. Your back needs to be strong because if those areas aren't and not supporting the pelvis, that pelvic floor is going to tighten up and try to compensate and support those weaker structures. Mm-hmm. So it kind of all comes together. Like the whole picture comes together and that's um, how I look at pelvic health. Mm-hmm. Um, and you will find people that are, still focused on the Kegel and biofeedback, like a little machine that helps you pick up the muscle activity. They kind of like zone in on that. But to me and to a lot of other PTs and OTs, it's a bigger picture kind of scene. Yeah. I feel like people don't, um, well, this goes for any muscle really, but you know, with the pelvic floor included, like I, I like to describe it too. as like, you know, a bowl or like almost like a sling of muscles yes. and yep. that's supporting all your pelvic organs. Um, and just working so intricately with the diaphragm as far as controlling pressure throughout, you know, intra-abdominal pressure. Um, but it can become too tight or too, too weak or, you know, hypotonic, hypertonic, and, uh, uh, do all these functions that people don't realize. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about, um, what kind of complaints your patients come to you with? Cause I, I, like we kind of mentioned, I think everyone associates it with the Kegel and then pregnancy and postpartum care, but there's so much more to that, um, which we'll definitely dive into a little bit, but, um, can you like, I've heard, oh, I've heard you say too, you, and I thought you described it so well, where you said that you could, you treat the unconventional things. So can you like elaborate on that a little bit and kind of, um, you know, share, share what your patients are coming to you for? Well, the big three. So I would say incontinence. So urinary incontinence, bowels as well. So whether that's incontinence of the bowels or constipation, um, and then, pelvic pain. So pain with intercourse, pain with inserting a tampon or that kind of thing. Um, People don't realize that that's the pelvic floor talking. And then the third one is pudendal neuralgia. So a lot of people know the sciatic nerve and sciatica and how that um, goes through the butt, down the leg, into the foot. But pudendal neuralgia is a little different. That nerve kind of goes through the pelvis, pelvic floor, and the pattern of it's a little different. It goes down through like the inner thigh and the hamstring down to the back of the leg. So that requires like special nerve mobilizations, releasing of the muscles in the pelvic floor to help that nerve breathe and be less irritated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say those are the big three that I see, but there's also conditions that you hear of like endometriosis. Um, diastasis recti, so your, your abdomen, that separation at the abdomen, it has close ties with your pelvic floor and like that pressure system that you mentioned, like through the diaphragm to the pelvic floor, um, prolapse. So what prolapse is, is like, you think of like the urethra, the vagina, the rectum, and they're like cylinders or tubes and the walls of the tube weaken. 
So there's some kind of imbalance within the pelvis and the core and those muscles kind of weaken in some places. So then you feel like heaviness or certain like sensations with exercise or your, the incontinence is worse with stressing, stressing the body. Mm -hmm. Um, so those, those kinds of things. And then really I, I like to focus on like pregnancy and prevention of injuries during birth. So what that can look like is making sure one that pregnant people feel safe exercising because there's a lot of like Mm -hmm. confusion of what you can do and what you can't do. Um, and really it's individualized, um, learning how to open up the pelvic inlet and outlet to work with how the baby's moving, like different positions of your hips and your back, um, finding positions that help support and stabilize your back. Cause that's, that's kind of stuff like the SI joint pain and the lumbar pain with the, all the hormone laxity. Like sometimes you need that stability piece. Mm-hmm. And then like learning how to prep the pelvic floor, whether it's stretching or using tools like dilators and wands, or you're even like a finger with a glove, like learning how to stretch and mobilize and massage the pelvic floor. So then when the baby comes out, there's less tearing, there's less injury, um, postpartum. And then the postpartum healing is much better. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's so important. I think that people always associate, uh, doing strengthening exercises for the pelvic floor, but not enough emphasis on, you know, there needs to be a, um, relaxation of the pelvic floor as well, which is so important during pregnancy and delivery. Um, and what I'd like, can you, um, speak a little bit more about what you do postpartum as far as um, therapy for the pelvic floor, because I do think that that's kind of something that often goes untouched, really, not not really any emphasis on um, after baby comes. If you manage to come see me during your pregnancy, I do give a handout of what to do during the first like one to six weeks, because usually like you go to the doctor at six weeks and they clear you or not clear you for activity, but there are some things that you can do those first few weeks that are gentle and safe and not going to stress your body too much, but are important with the healing and like how to take care of your scars and how to, um, like engage the muscles in a way that's not moving and straining them too much. And then once you hit that six to eight weeks or more, it, everybody's different. Um, learning how to progress your exercises again to get to your prior level of function. So like figuring out, like, are you able to maintain your breath, your pelvic floor contraction and your core contraction together? Are you able to maintain the form with the exercise? And like, if not modifying and breaking it down, so then we're able to perfect those things and then add more weight to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, I also have a thing about like, returning to intercourse as well, like how step-by-step, like what you can do to comfortably return to that, if that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of hesitation and fear around that, especially depending on, you know, what their experience with birth and, and, uh, recovery has been like, um, do you do, do you do any sort of, um, 
uh, personal training or, or like programming of any sort for postpartum women as they're getting like back into not, not like training, I should say, but as far as, um, like exercise prescription beyond, I guess, beyond therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have a few clients that have essentially graduated physical therapy that just want to continue like on a monthly basis and check in to see like, am I still doing this right? Is there something else I can do or progress? Um, but I do like to, um, I have a handful of personal trainers that I know well and trust. And like, I'm, I have no problem saying like, why don't you go see this person and mm-hmm. continue on and have that one-on-one like more frequently and have that accountability. Um, and then check in with me if you need to. Yeah. So it can go either way, depending on what the person wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so on your website and that you do this a lot with your social media, which I think is fantastic. Um, you mentioned that, you know, you're trying to normalize the conversation around public health and mm-hmm. really kind of make this less of a taboo subject. How are you trying to, to do that right now? If I'm being frank, I act like an idiot sometimes on the Instagram reels to like, to like gather attention, like be like, oh, what's she doing in there? And then like, you see the captions, you see my like explanation and it's, it's like trying to grab someone's attention that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, that's the sillier kind of part that I do, but like, I've been trying to do more workshops um, I took a break from workshops for a while because like the world, you know, COVID and all that, but right. um, um, would like to get back into that and just have free workshops to explain like, this is what's going on in your body and this is what you can do to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people don't feel like they have to live with whatever things that um, may have become what seemingly normal, um, especially, you know, post-pregnancy. I, I think it's, it's heartbreaking that some people don't, um, or are not able to, or feel comfortable speaking up about some of the things that they're going through. So I think just drawing as much attention as you can, like you said, with your social media, it definitely is very entertaining. I love it. And it definitely, um, I think <laughs> makes it more comfortable to, you know, open that door and talk about the things <laughs> that might be harder to, or you wouldn't There's even think to say to your doctor necessarily. Right. There's a lot of shame and embarrassment attached to pelvic health and trying to break that barrier down and be like, you know, like these are simple, basic functions of life. Like you should never be embarrassed about it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, What would you say? And I think that we've both encountered this um, when men feel like they they don't. Uh, Pelvic health and therapy doesn't necessarily apply to them. Cause I do think that this is another, another realm of this, like obviously a lot of the complaints that, um, you hear about are, are of the more taboo realm and, and sensitive to a lot of people. And they all think that it's female related, but there's a whole, there's a whole part of the specialty that, um, men can benefit from too. Right. To all the people that have male anatomy out there, it is for you too. Um, so examples a lot of the men that I see have gone through like 
four or five different doctors before they get to me. And they're so worried and stressed and like at the end of the rope. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time it's pelvic floor tightness that kind of creeps into the hip and the back. And what they need is like in the beginning, a good mobility program, releasing of the muscles and then harnessing that newfound mobility and getting that strength back and being able to um, do the functional lifting and heavy lifting. Like that's kind of the progression, but a lot of the men that I see have that sort of like pattern or they have um, that pudendal neuralgia that I talked Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. Um, So things like erectile dysfunction or pain with sex for them, or like not able to have an erection, um, that, that can all be a pelvic floor issue that can be solved with PT or OT. Mm -hmm. Um, and my best advice is to not wait, (laughs) like (laughs) the minute that you see it and experience these things, like try to reach out for help right away, because it's, like layers of an onion once it's been months on end to years on end of these dysfunctions it's hard to it it's not hard it's like takes longer to peel back those layers and get to the root and recover Mm -hmm. yeah like so many other conditions best to jump on it um well well it's still fresh i suppose Um, can you give us, so we, we definitely have a good idea about the types of complaints that you are treating. Can you paint a picture for us as far as like, how old are the people that you're treating? You know, what, what age do, can you start, um, experiencing these types of, uh, pelvic health related issues and, you know, how early can you get care and how late can you get care? Yeah. So personally I treat, 18 to like 60. And a lot of my patients are in their 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are people out there. I have a friend that's an occupational therapist. She focuses on pediatric pelvic floor. So like it can start as young as like kindergarten. But that's that's a whole nother world that like <laughs> you need special training. And like with a kid, you have to make things like a game. And yeah, it takes a special person to have that that craftiness, creativity, and the patience mm-hmm. to help. But then obviously like people in their, um, their elderly years have incontinence too. Mm-hmm. So like it really covers the whole spectrum of patients and of people. Mm-hmm. Like everybody that has a pelvis can have pelvic floor therapy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Can you tell us what a, um, like what an evaluation might look like with you or like what a course of treatment might look like as far as, you know, how, how we might be able to, um, you know, just a, a general overview of what, what treatment looks like with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I like to get to know people, like have a conversation first before we dive into an evaluation. So I like to set up a consultation, gives the patient at the floor to talk about what's going on and like um, gives them a chance to ask me any questions. Then we schedule the in-person evaluation um, where we spend time looking at posture, functional movement, 
of the whole body. So like I'm looking at shoulders, back, hips, ankles, like everything working together. Then I kind of isolate it more with like back range of motion, hip range of motion, um, isolated strength tests, looking at core strength. Um, and then if there's a nerve issue, different nerve tension testing, looking to see if there's that separation of the core. And then we do an, a pelvic floor examination based on the um, patient's consent, um, mm -hmm. which would involve the external muscles. So like the outer muscles of the pelvic floor and then an internal exam as well. Um, and then with all the information, we create a program that the patient carries out. So then after that, I see them once a week or once every other week, give them detailed instructions to follow at home. And then I see people average six to 10 visits total. Mm -hmm. So like there's, there's a lot of independence incorporated into it mm -hmm. because um, one of the biggest complaints I heard when I was working as an orthopedic PT was like, can I just do this at home? Yeah, you can. <laughs> so, um, but it's important to check in to make sure you're doing it correctly. Right. Yeah, of course. And you know, that's always the, uh, the biggest struggle I feel for you and I is yes, you can do this at home, but you have to do it. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. Definitely have to keep up with it. Um, but it's nice to give the patient some independence there and, and know that they can practice these on their own. And that doesn't always require supervision though. Checking in is very important. Um, well, I think we covered a lot of really great information about pelvic health. Um, I want to ask you a few questions. We always end our podcast with a lightning round of questions. Now okay. this doesn't necessarily have to be lightning and it rarely is, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, we like to, to just end on these fun questions. Uh, first one being, what is the most influential, influential book you've ever read? Oh man. Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> Like, like in I terms said, never of lightning. pelvic health or like life? Pelvic health, life, whatever, both. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, nothing's popping into my head. Okay. Um, How about um, a movie or a TV show or something else that had an impact on you as far as um, doesn't even have to be career related? It could be. Yeah. See, like, <laughs> I watch a lot of, I read and I watch a lot of psychological thrillers. Okay. So, like, I'm a person that is scared by, like, the realistic scary stuff, not, like, the, the boo and, like, the loud sounds <laughs> and, like, like, the real stuff that people go through. So, like, collectively, just reading about, like, other people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually, so, if we're, we're going along that route. Like if I'm talking about like a podcast, um, there's a, literally a podcast out there called other people's lives and okay. just learning about like what's outside of my bubble has really like opened my mind and my heart to like the world, like how other people think and like mm -hmm. listening to other people and their point of view. And like, I, not everyone thinks like I do. I don't think like everybody. So like, it's, it's, 
that mutual respect. Like I hear you, like this is where you came from and this is who you are today. And it, it plays a role in, in the treatment too. Mm-hmm. Like was, what's yeah. for people, like what they respond best to. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I would imagine that translates well into your practice and communicating with your patients, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Is that podcast? Is it, is the, or the topics that they talk about kind of just wide ranging anything, everyone's mm-hmm. perspectives on them? Yeah. They um, talk about like different people that do do- different occupations or different hobbies. Um, there's kind of fetish stuff in there too. Like, oh, that's a thing. Like, <laughs> and it's eye opening for me as a pelvic floor therapist to like mm-hmm. to know it's out there <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> okay <laughs> next question there's only two more um if you could have a meal delivered to your door tonight from anywhere in the world what would it be and where would it be from oh my gosh i i would i love i'm a sucker for pizza so like if you send me a good pizza which i'm assuming like italy would be the best place to get a pizza <laughs> um i'd be ha- a happy girl um i've my husband and i have always like that's our thing that we our treat is like a good pizza <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right okay so pizza from florence that's the best the best pizza i ever had was in florence this little <sighs> restaurant so good oh my gosh that's it that's exactly it i'm a pizza fiend too so I, i'm with you on that okay last question if you could go back in time and give yourself some advice to like the younger version of you what piece of advice would you give i would say have more confidence in yourself because i i like did never thought I'd open my own business ever. Like I didn't feel like I was capable of doing it, but like whatever you set your mind to, and if you have confidence and if you're nice to people and like treat people well, like you, you can be successful, like treat yourself well and treat others well. Um, I was always afraid to step out of my box and like do the thing. And when I finally felt empowered, well, I was, I got to the point where I was just frustrated and kind of like felt like I had no other choice, but like actually stepping into it empowered me to like, wow, like I, I can do all these great things for people and like build these great relationships if I just talk to them or speak up about this thing or like try to educate and not just stay in my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can relate to that too you know, mm-hmm. opening up your own business and, and just realizing that you have it in you and just uh, really lean into it versus uh, falling back on the old habits and, and staying in that stuck feeling um, of feeling like you can't really make an impact in your community. So that's a, mm-hmm. that's a good piece of advice for sure. So can you tell us um, where we can find you, your social media, your website? Um, where can the people find you? Where can the people find me? So I'm on Instagram um, at restorethefloor.dpt. Um, uh, Facebook's Restore Physical Therapy and Pelvic Health. Um, my e- my um, 
website is www.restoretheflorept.com. So I tried to, I mean, I tried to make it easy by rhyming yeah, the yeah. words <laughs> to make it like more memorable. But yeah, if, if you go on there and you ever want to talk to me, the best way to get hold of me is an email. Um, I'm not the greatest at answering the phone right away. So, <laughs> but you always call back, but I always call back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any special projects going on right now? Oh, for those of you listening today is the anniversary of restore physical therapy. It's a big day. (laughs) It is a big day. That's funny that you asked that because I have been kicking around some ideas. So I, as you might've picked up, like I have a passion for serving the pregnant prenatal and postpartum population. So my next move is going to be taking a course that's more centered around doula services. Mm. So like being able to incorporate that knowledge into my knowledge of physical therapy to just be able to offer those, that population more, Mm -hmm. more guidance. Um, I do find that a lot of people are very tight. So I I'm inside a gym. My office is inside a gym. So maybe, offering like a mobility kind of stretching, restorative stretching class, which is good for me personally to do and for everyone that I'm seeing, what I'm hearing out out in the community, it's a need. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where my head's going. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. So needed within the community. And uh, I need to go to that class too. (laughs) We all people do. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you really kind of demystifying the pelvic floor for us, because I know that that is such a confusing topic right now, but, um, I can't wait to have you back on so that we can really dive into more specifics as far as the conditions that we're treating and what therapy can look like. Um, because I feel that that is going to be, um, really beneficial moving forward for everyone. Um, and I'm excited to collab with you sometime soon. I know we've, mm-hmm. we've been having a little um, like scheduling difficulties, but like just combining our knowledge for the postpartum population too. So if you're listening, that might be in the works. Yeah. In the yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned everyone. Um, but please give Victoria a, a follow on social media. You will not be disappointed. And she's putting out some great content. So everyone, please give her a follow. Um, but thank you so much again. And we will, we will be talking soon. Yes. Thank you. <laughs>